City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Hey, yes, it's Saturday. Good to have your company this morning. Tom Lyon and Bryce Gibbs with you. Gee whiz, Carlton are in a perpetual malaise, which uh, you can see that pressure on Michael Voss's face last night. He seems like he's under a world of stress. I'm going to ask Bryce Gibbs about that a little bit later in the show because he's uh, smelt it and experienced that pressure from the billionaires down there. And... uh, We've got a massive show. It's been a big week in football. Senior coaching merry-go-round is about to get underway. Damien Hardwick, the first domino to fall in that one. Big game for the Adelaide Crows against Brisbane. Touted as the game of the round. So we're going to pull that one apart, of course. Port Adelaide's match as well. Uh, But Bryce Gibbs, you're looking very fresh this morning. You uh, look well. Good morning, Tommy. Good morning to everyone who are listening this morning. And yes, big show ahead. Really, Absolutely. Lo- really looking forward to this one. Ah, the baggers. Oh, my you. goodness. We'll uh, no doubt deep dive into that pretty soon. But yeah, yeah it was, uh, was another hard watch, Tom. It was different. Their ball movement seems like, it's like, as, tell me this, as a player, you know that when you move it slow at times or you don't, what, what it seems like is they're not playing on. Like they're just kind of marking and kicking a lot. Uh, but they would have an awareness that that doesn't quite work for the forwards. Yeah, they're, they're, they're getting a lot of the ball. They're just, you're right, they're not doing anything with it. And <laughs> yeah. it's, for the first time, uh, probably over the last couple of weeks, watching them play, I've become extremely frustrated. Yeah. And I'm, one, like, I'm pretty reserved watching the footy. Don't, Objective, don't carry are. on too much and, and keep my cool. But I'm finding myself really starting to to come a little bit edgy and get mm. frustrated at the TV and off the back of uh, the way they're playing, uh, as a lot of people are yeah, well, at the moment, Tom. A, a lot of the, the Carlton supporters are, yeah. are, are fed up at the moment. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go into a little bit more depth uh, soon. But, yeah, yet, uh, it, it has been tough to watch. Yeah, there have been so many irate and passionate callers this week through all forms of radio, particularly with uh, Waitley's show, that Jace's, producer Jace has collated them all and he doesn't know what to do with them. There's just so many. There's, we could probably run a whole show today on just irate Carlton callers. But it, it did uh, make me think of this. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest <laughs> bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Yeah, they did suck last night. Uh, but, yeah, big game against Crow uh, Brisbane for Adelaide Crows, Bryce. Uh, how do you compare their game styles? It's going to be a, a cracker, I reckon. I think yeah. both our, of our SA teams are, are playing in probably the, the matches of the round, really. Yeah. The Adelaide Crows up against an informed Brisbane Lions at home. Uh, you know, the yeah. Crows play a lot, a lot better at home with uh, with, with their win-loss record a uh, home v away this year. Yeah. And, and Port as well, uh, a cracking match against Richmond, who they did lose by a point to Essendon last week in mm. the, the Dreamtime game, but they look like they're getting back to a bit of form. And, and it'll be interesting to see how they respond after, obviously, Dimmer Hardwick during the week stepping mm. away. Are they going to get a, a response and a, a good performance? Or is everyone going to be a little bit flat? Because it did seem to come... A little bit out of the blue, Dimmer's announcement. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they they go on the MCG as well. Port don't play a lot of games at the MCG during the year, so but they're also in good form. Seven on the trot, Port. You can't yep. argue with form like that. No, you can't deny them. But Richmond, it will be interesting to see their response. I say they'll be feeling passionate, but 
How long does that last? Because once quarter time comes around and you're sort of well and truly into the game, that passion and energy sort of dies down, doesn't it? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon if Dimmer had decided to coach for one more week, yeah, I would have tipped Richmond. Absolutely. I reckon yeah. they would have just got themselves up. I mean, all the all the fans, all Richmond and Tiger fans across the, mm. the country, just wanted Dimmer to coach one last game to show their appreciation for him. And they could have got upwards of ninety thousand people there for his yeah for his last game. Dimmer didn't want to know about it, didn't want to send off game, just wanted to walk away. And, and that's probably a, a good talking point as well. Is, mm. Does he, should he have gone on for, for one last game and, and got a send off game? Well, I, I think he's done it perfectly. Oh, oh, actually he should have gone, yeah, gone on for the send off game for sure. But I think the way he's left, the timing of his leaving, just the way he articulated that he wanted to leave on all good terms, no relationships would be soured by staying a little bit too long. He's, he's done it to perfection and people don't realize because we don't see much of those behind closed doors conversation how good an orator Damien Hardwick was one of my favorite moments actually there was that Amazon Prime documentary about their 2020 grand final appearance this is just, this is just a taste of what what he said at three quarter time and who wouldn't be amped up to play after hearing this Good job, good job. Okay, let's reset. We've got a hell of a game, haven't we? It's exactly the way we want it, okay? We wanted an arm wrestle, now it's what we've got. Nice and close. Listen, if you think about our year, where it started to where it is now, I don't want it any other way. We spoke about the start of the start of the game, that stoic determination. Well, this is the game you get to find out what is inside of you and what is inside of the bloke beside you. These are the greatest games to be a part of, and you get to be a part of it. Richard men, you know what you do? You f***ing fight till the end. Let's go! Oh, I get a little bit of the... Goosebumps, Goosebumps, yeah. yeah. Chilly here all of a sudden. uh, Yeah, just uh, I'm endlessly fascinated by the way coaches draw upon... Uh, external motivations and putting that responsibility on the players that they're in control of, of what's going to happen constantly. And and you think of his Richmond journey and his mm. coaching journey, like he was one week away from getting sacked at the end yeah. of, what was it, 2016, I reckon. Yeah. They, yeah. they didn't make the Did finals. Did the review. Yeah, they, they were, it was either clear everyone out Oh, sorry, keep him, clear everyone, or keep everyone and clear him out. And they decided to keep him. And what he went on to do post that will be he'll go down as one of the best Richmond coaches in history. Yeah, and it's a unique decision. It's rarely the decision clubs, for example, like Carlton, uh, would make where they stick with the coach knowing that that's all good and that they're just adjusting, tinkering with a few things around him. Um, he's going to go down, obviously, as an all-time great at Richmond. And, and I'm fascinated to see what happens next because, as we know from last year, when one coach le- departs, there's usually a domino reaction around the coaching landscape and every club worth its salt will be inquiring about. I mean, obviously, clubs like Adelaide and uh, you know Melbourne and these ones who are quite happy with their coaches probably won't be, but maybe a Gold Coast will be inquiring. About his services. Well, our own Port Adelaide as well. The speculation around Hinkley yeah. and, and how that's playing out. Well, Kenny's not doing himself any harm the way the yeah. way he's coaching at the moment. So you're right, Tom. It, it'll be a lot of speculation will continue for, for the rest of the year. But McWalter, he gets to sit in the, yeah. in the big boy seat now and, and put his case forward. Uh, Boyle reports, really well respected. Yeah. Can coach. So... Um, 
it'll be fascinating to see how he goes. And it, we can ask our uh, one of our guests who will yes. be on later in the show, um, one of my former yeah. coaches in, in John Barker, former St Kilda Hawthorne and was at Carlton for a long time, caretaker coach yep. in 2015, finds That's himself right. in the same shoes as as Andrew McWalter. So we can ask him about his thoughts and feelings and, and the pressures uh, of what maybe Damien Hardwick was was feeling uh, you know, to come to that decision that he did, um, how you know Adam Simpson would be feeling right now, how mm. Bossy would be feeling right now. Uh, so I reckon that's going to be a fascinating interview with John Barker a little bit later in the show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one with John Barker. He was also part of that group of coaches who were touted as the next senior. You know, there's phases when there's a group who are touted as the next senior coach. He was one of them during that time, particularly when he took over as a caretaker coach. Uh it's a fascinating watch on, on what happens in this space with the soft cap and how they can alleviate the stress on coaches. Some people might say, well, you know, it comes with the territory, but it is relative to your life. You know, you you could compare the stress that we might feel in our lives to someone who's uh, in, a, in a warring nation, but the, the reality is those hormones that shoot into your system when you're under stress are all the same. It's like it's there from when we were getting chased by a lion, not to get too deep with you. Right now, Bryce, we're just it's starting the Saturday morning, Tommy. Come on, I know. it's time to live our lives. <laughs> it's time it's to, hey, not too deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're spot on. It, it is, it is a job that comes with with high pressure, and mm. like, I mean, there's been a lot of debate in the week with uh, you know from all media platforms. Yeah. You know, is it should it be celebrated as one of the better jobs compared to? You know, it is a high stressful job. Yeah, and yeah. And un- unfortunately, what uh, what hasn't been said too much, it's obviously in the public eye as well. So yeah. So you can have a bad day at work, go home, brush it off, have a sleep, wake up and, and tack the next day and start again. Whereas in this industry, if People you're not performing, it's all over the news for weeks and weeks. So it just adds more and more extra stresses than, than maybe what needs to actually happen. Yeah, it's a fascinating chat. We're going to dive a little deeper into that just after 9 o'clock. And as Bryce Gibbs just said, we've got John Barker joining us at about 9.30 to talk all things the coaching landscape and the pressures that they're experiencing, particularly with the, the soft cap issue, which looks like they're going to have to change at some time soon. We've also got Adelaide development coach Marco Bello jumping on with us just after 10 o'clock. And we're going to ask him about those young guys that he's sort of overseeing. You've got the ones who are making it into the team, like Joshua Shelley, Riley Philthorpe. But the ones that interest me are the ones who I think will make it in the end, but they're just on the precipice, like a Braden Cook, Zach Taylor types. How are they tracking? We're going to ask him all about that. Harry Schomburg. Yeah. Um, Jackson Haitley's been playing some really good footy in the reserves and, mm. and not getting an opportunity yet. So, yeah, looking forward to talking to Marco and finding out how those boys are going and, and what they need to do to, to break into this well-performing Adelaide Crow side. Absolutely. So, massive show up ahead, Gibber. We're going to dive a little deeper into Carlton's woes up next in a special edition of Tell Me, Bryce. We're coming to you from SENSA Studio Lumo SA, number one King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And our friends at City Discount Tires, SUV tire deals are on now. We're live and interactive, Bryce Gibbs. So 0427154166. We want to hear your Saturday statement. What is front of mind for you this Saturday morning? Brett has just asked Bryce and Tom, what is the soft cap? Okay, well, the soft cap is the amount of money that can be allocated to the coaching department, the football department. Is that right, Bryce? Yeah, it is. It's it's a, 
a rule in place to keep the comp even, I suppose. Yeah. You know, a lot of um, financially well-off teams like West Coast and Collingwood have a lot of money. If they go and tip it all into coaching, that would give them a more advantage over, say, maybe a North Melbourne who aren't quite financially yeah. up to those levels. So the soft cap's in place to give everyone the same opportunity to spend the same amount of money on the coaching or the football department. That's right. And uh, that's very well explained there. And, of course, during the COVID time spread, the soft cap was slashed. So you had uh, assistant coaches getting somewhat less money but having to ramp up the amount of jobs they're doing. So they're they're juggling a a higher workload as well. So uh, the hope, I'd say, from most clubs is that they release that soft cap a bit and uh, give them a bit more money to play with. But we're going to dive deep on Carlton up next, Bryce, and tell me, Bryce, it's currently quarter to nine and we've got a nice top of 12 degrees today. (laughs) City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Let's go to Don in Richmond. How are you, Don? I, I think you know how I am, mate. Pretty despondent, I'm a, I imagine. Let me tell you something. I'm at home. I've smashed my TV. Okay. I've smashed my phone. I've smashed a couple of wine glasses. I'm 24, what's happened my whole life, mm. and it's seen absolutely nothing. Spent child of this game for this club. I am showing 10 times more passion than these pea hearts that are out on the field. Josh Bootsman, tearing it up in the local league. Would you go after someone like him? Bryce Gibbs awarded the Frank Barry Medal. Would you go after someone like him? Because there is nothing on the field that is showing any sort of courage or anything from this football club. There are just question marks everywhere at this football club, from from the president to the board to the players to the coach. (laughs) Yeah, there are no fans like Carlton fans, the passion that they hold. They've been ringing in all week, and producer Jace has got so many of them that he didn't know what to do with him. So those ones were just last night, actually, after that loss to Sydney. But, Bryce, it's fair to say Carlton have been the most criticised team this year by a country mile, and I think it's obviously because of that. Expectation is so high on them with the list that they've got, and those fans are angry. Well, it was now or never, Tom, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. You know, Carlton have been starved of success for a long time now and, and I was a part of that period, <laughs> unfortunately. And it just seemed like last year that all their ducks were in aligned in, in, in a row. Mm. I mean, they didn't play finals then they at their own expense. I mean, losing four games in a row at the end to miss out on finals. But it just seemed like they got the right coach in place. The, the list was finally in a spot ready to compete and challenge uh, at the pointy end of the season. And, yeah, mm. I mean, looking, waiting for the season to come around this year. Over summer, there was a lot of hype and a, a lot of, as you said, expectation that it was time for the Blues to, to get back to, to the top of the ladder. And we they did start off the season mm. pretty good, albeit not playing amazing footy, but getting gr- grinding the wins out is, is just what you need to do sometimes. But the last month and a bit of footy, it's just all starting to unravel and you heard some of the the supporters and and fans on the on the airwaves last night 
asking to for Bryce Gibbs to return. <laughs> yeah, did you hear that? Yeah, I just heard one of the callers saying uh, Bryce Gibbs <laughs> needs a call, and I dare say you probably uh, show a little more heart than what they're showing at I the moment. I don't think I could uh, could help them out too much <laughs> these days, but yeah, I think everyone's just after getting so so excited and 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 thinking that this could be the year that we could get back and play finals and to be dishing up the performances mm. that uh, that they're showing at the moment clearly they're still a long way off and that frustration is is starting to come out in the fans and and I was no different last night watching it on on the couch mate or the bed I didn't smash the TV or, or smash my phone but uh, wasn't far away from, from the outside looking in if you were to diagnose just out of guess where the disconnect there's something that's not right like there's a disconnect between whether it's between the coach and the players uh, buying into the game plan of what they've got to do or because that much talent that they've got on the park to not be, I don't know, when I watch them, it seems like their heads are full, like they're cluttered or they're not quite playing on instinct. Yeah, it is hard to to know what their identity is. Mm. I, I don't know what their game style is. I mean, there's some teams in the competition you watch them play and, and you know, you know what they're doing. You can tell what type of game plan they're, mm. they're trying to implement. And when watching Carlton at the moment, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't tell you what they're trying to do off half back. I, I couldn't tell you what their their forward patterns should look like. Mm. Uh, I mean, even through the midfield, they've got I think one of the best midfields in the or potentially is one of the best midfielders in the comp or midfields yeah. in the comp. Sorry, but they're just not winning clearances. They're not working for each other and. They're, I mean, it's been well, well documented over the last couple of weeks. Their ball movement and their yes. their, their decision making and their sk- skill execution is just far be- far below what it needs to be at this level of footy. And we're talking about guys that are, are quite talented and, and can use the ball well. But Very it just talented. seems if you put pressure on Carlton in and around the ball and 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 pressure the ball carrier, they're just going to give it back to you. That, that's that's becoming a a competition wide known that we just need to tighten the grip on, mm. on, on this team and, and they'll give it up. Yeah, it's bizarre and, to watch at times. The, the, the comparison with Sydney last night, even I just noticed Sydney were willing to handball fours, run and cap, particularly Blakey was just uh, tearing it up through the middle of the ground, the lizard just lurching through there and, and delivering the ball very well. But Carlton aren't uh, willing to take that risk to run with it. There's a bit more of a – do you notice the kick mark they style? They overuse the ball, Tom. Yeah. They, they handball happy. A lot of their players are getting a lot of stats, which is probably great for their own yeah. personal ego. The and to l- look up in the, <laughs> the paper the next day and say, oh, it wasn't too bad. I, mm. I had 30-plus again. But they're not doing anything with it. They're yeah. crabbing sideways a bit. They're overusing it. They're inviting that pressure and turning it over. And when they do go forward, they're going forward no method. There's no, there's no method in in you know hitting mm. up short forward options to then wheel and get it into we've got two two reigning common medalists in yeah. the last two years. Give them a chance, and mm. I mean they could be working together a little bit better as well. Uh, they're playing well, pr- particularly uh, Kerno. He's Kerno pulling his way. Is. Um, Harry Mackay's he's, 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 he's struggling a little bit <laughs> yeah. in all facets of his game, but they, they continually just bomb it into him and he's competing against two, three players in the air and it's just not sustainable. He, yeah. He's not going to take 10 contested pack marks 
in the forward line and mm. and the way his goal kicking's going, he, he's probably he'd probably miss <laughs> miss most of them even if he does mark half of them. But it, it is extremely frustrating to watch and unfortunately for Carlton at the moment, no one can trust them. Yeah. Like watching them, I can't trust them. And I'm sure a lot of people can't anymore and their season is slipping away, even if it hasn't already. I, I don't think this. I don't yeah. think this is a Michael Voss thing issue. This yes, time. that was going to be my I, next question. I don't question. think this is a coaching issue. I think he's only been in in the seat for eighteen months. It's still relatively early days, but with the list that they've got, the players need to start re- taking responsibility. I think and mm. and needing to show a bit more fight. The leaders need to stay stay stand up and and start playing better footy. They need to galvanise this group a lot more and and start probably taking ownership, I think, because until the playing group can do that, no, no one will trust them and it's only only they can, can earn that trust back, I think. If it is to be, it is up to me. Like, they go and play Melbourne this week. Yeah. So it doesn't get, like it, it doesn't get any easier for them. Well, the, to make finals, which is obviously their goal they set out to do, they would need to win about eight of their remaining 12 games. They should not even be thinking about finals at the moment because they are that far Ooh. off it. That's the, if they're worrying about finals, yeah, they're probably playing like, like that at the moment. Yeah, you having been there for a long time, can you give an insight? Because Carlton's a, a unique club in the way that they're – uh, the rich people who invest in that club and who want to play a role in, in the direction of the club have often had quite a say in when a coach is sacked and, and hence they've turned through so many coaches. In this situation, I, I don't think it's actually a Michael Voss thing. What What is that pressure like for the players in the coaching department when there are those external billionaire figures trying to, you know, have a say? Uh, I mean, from a from a playing point of view and, and the, the inner circle, it, it doesn't affect you too much. I mean, mm. it, it can be a little bit annoying at times. You'd rather, you know, key figures, you know, in and around the club, you'd rather them back you and, and try and keep things as positive as they can instead mm. of bagging you and, and ragging you out <laughs> in, uh, in, in the media. But that, you can't control that as, yeah. as a playing group. So you don't sort of you can't pay too much attention to it and you, and you don't. So mm. I don't think that's necessarily an issue, but yeah, they, they need to, they need to start manning up and, <laughs> and no, I'm serious yeah. because this group that they've got at the moment from a playing list point of view, it's the most talent, it's the most talented they've had these Carlton football clubs had for a long, long time. And mm. we all know talent only gets you a certain, a certain way. You still need to mm. roll the sleeves up and get to work and, and show a bit of fight and a bit of grit. And we're not seeing that at the moment. Yes, it's a perplexing year so far for Carlton. Just on the other side of the coin there, Sydney, last night, something I've noticed is they are the best at rejuvenating players. Like last year, it was uh, Paddy McCartan. They brought him back from, uh, not from the dead, but brought him back on the list. And uh, now they've got Aaron Francis, whose intercept marking was pretty good last night. Well, leading into this game, Sydney were under the pump just as much as Carlton. In yeah. terms of how they've been performing this year, they played in a grand final not that long ago, Tom. Mm. So, what we saw from Sydney is is what you want to see from Carlton. Just when the the chips are down, bit show a bit of fight. Their pressure yeah. around the ball was unbelievable last night, and and that 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 gets you halfway if you come with a good attitude and, and pressure the ball and 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 show a bit of fight. Like 
you're halfway there. And it was just a, a typical Sydney performance. On their home deck, they're extremely hard to beat. We know that. Mm. But an undermanned Sydney as well. They, they had a, a lot of defenders down. And you, just, you see Aaron Francis, as you just said, come in, play a role and played fantastic. Yeah. So that's all you can ask from a supporter and from a, a member. Just you want to see your team having a crack, and, and Sydney would, as I said, were just under the, uh, the uh, same amount of pressure as Carlton were, and they were the ones to uh, to stand up and, and keep their season alive. Yeah, Carlton supporters, let us know uh, if you if you're brave enough, let us know how you're feeling. Oh four two seven one five four one double six, or give us a call on one three hundred seven three six. 736. It's going to be a fascinating watch for the rest of the year. Big show still to come, Bryce. We've got Marco Bello, Adelaide's development coach. We're going to ask him about all the up-and-coming young'uns down there. And John Barker's going to help us dissect the situation that's going on in coaching with uh, burnout and uh, just being overworked, a soft cap issue. But we're going to dive into a little bit of uh, the West Coast situation up next and Damien Hardwick's departure this one from Mick Bryce. The issues at Carlton run far deeper than just the coach. How many coaches can they dispose of before they get it? I don't think the playing this playing group is open to being coached. Is that a fair statement from Mick? Yeah, well, I just <laughs> mentioned before, I don't think Voss is necessarily the problem in this situation. A lot of Carlton supporters aren't happy with Voss already after yeah. 18 months, but... Yeah, I think I think it's time for the playing group to, to stand up and, and take responsibility for for what happens for the rest of the season. Yep, if it is to be, it is up to me, and it is up to me right now to get us to the news because we're running uh, quite late for that. Bryce, it's four minutes past nine. Tire. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, huge week in football this week with Damien Hardwick walking away from Richmond and he's going to go down as an all-time great. I just love the inner sanctum sort of stuff when you hear the things he says to the players and how he motivates them. This was a particular moment I enjoyed from the Amazon documentary they did. This is Damien Hardwick speaking to the Richmond players at halftime in that grand final against Geelong. They were down by about three, four goals at this point in the game. That we've also got to realise our mids and backs. What's the strength of our mids and backs? Run and carry, work rate, okay? We have to support the attack. So we've got all the answers. Are we asking you to do something we haven't done for the vast majority of the year? No, we haven't. All we've got to do is reset and believe what it looks like and understand what it feels like moving forward. <laughs> understand the more we can get the ball to space, the more it favours us. Let's go grab a jumper. Hey. We've been through a hell of a journey, okay? However we decide what our story wants to be is on the Richmond Football Club. It's on every single individual in this little huddle now. Have we played the very best we have? No, f we've got a long way to improve. There's no doubt about that. But the reality is, it is our story to write. What story you want it to be is determined by the man in that f***ing jumper and the man in that jumper beside you. It all comes down to us. We are playing a good side. There is no doubt about that, but you're a f***ing great side. So you get to dictate what this story looks like this second half. We understand who we are, but more importantly, we understand what we f***ing do. Hard, tough, Richmond-style footy. You leave nothing in the tank. You're playing in one of the biggest games of the year. Let's go. Ooh, that ominous drone that kicks in gives me the, <laughs> the tingles as well. The drama. Do you, do you, of all your coaches, Bryce, who was the best orator? 
do you think that, that sort of drawing on things to motivate you like that, like Hardwick did? Yeah, you? I mean, I mean, they all had their moments. Yeah, over over the journey and got to be it, the, it, the mongoose versus the python. <laughs> That's the mongoose versus the cobra. Who are you going to be? Yeah. Who, who's going to strike first? <laughs> and I mean, it's a, it's a real art though. It's yes. a real art to to deliver a, a really enticing pre-game speech mm. to to fire the troops up really isn't it i, I Absolutely. think it's uh, and a lot of thought does go into it yeah by the coaches <laughs> um yeah even coaching you know the, the development squads at uh, south adelaide yes. i'm um, thinking you, the night before what, what sort of message say? am i gonna yeah gonna bring to the kids but obviously not to those uh, <laughs> not to those levels those, those lengths but uh yeah i mean you can just tell he, he, you feel a part of it. Yeah. You, like even just listening to that audio, you feel like you're standing in the circle about to run out mm. to the game, don't you? It just encapsulates you. And as I said, I think Encapsulates. Encap- I'm not sure that's if that's a, a word that, in a dictionary. Okay, well. Uh, encapsulates. I'll, I don't I'm know. Run, we'll we'll running, come back I'm to that. I'm running with it anyway. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a real art, I think, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm always fascinated. One theme I think they have, they all draw on this, that, that you're responsible for not just yourself but the other people around. So when, you, when you're thinking beyond just yourself, you tend to get the best out of people. But um, the broader discussion around all of this, Bryce, is the stress that coaches are under is unparalleled to in comparison to history through footy. They are under a lot of stress. You're seeing burnout. And there's been a bit of a discussion around it this week. Kane Corns chimed in and he had a uh, surprise, surprise, a strong view on that. No one is arguing it isn't a challenging role, but anyone listening to the commentary would think it's the worst job in the world. Please, try being a business owner, large or small. It's challenging and brings pressure. It must be stressful to know you have to bring in enough revenue to pay your staff on time so that they can pay their mortgage and feed their families. Being a doctor and making a sure diagnosis brings enormous pressure and ramifications if you get it wrong. A surgeon, a nurse working through the night dealing with trauma. Everyone, every job has pressure. However, no job other than being a player can match the potential thrill of being a coach. Where else do you get to stand on a dice and lift a Premiership Cup in front of 100,000 people on the MCG and be hailed a hero for life? Let's stop pretending that earning between 600000 and a million dollars per season to coach one of 18 AFL teams and positively influence the lives of hundreds of young athletes is the worst job in the world. It's all relative, I say, though, because whether you're a doctor or a business owner or a, or a senior coach, the stress you're feeling is the stress that you're feeling like you can't you can't change that yeah you're right and i, I think i heard uh, jade rawlings make a comment about yeah. you can't comment on what a coach is going through unless you you've sat in those shoes before yeah. it'd be it's obviously a unique position to be in because you know, not not many people become full-time senior coaches at, at AFL level so yeah you know, to, to say it's all good, you're getting paid well and you should be able to, you know, you, you know what you're signing up for. Like, you're right. It doesn't take away from the fact that when things aren't going well, your team's not performing, whether it's your fault or not, unfortunately, the buck stops with the coach. Yeah. Now, the unprecedented stress that they're under is 
in part due to these soft cap restrictions that they're getting. So I think that's something the AFL uh, are going to have to look closely at. Ken Hinckley earlier in the week spoke about that. That's real. It's 100% real. I mean, that's why that's why the industry has been, uh, the coaching industry has been really strong on, on supporting the, the increases in soft cap. I mean, it's clear to us that, that it's the biggest part of the industry that's been cut the most and it's not got anywhere near back to where it should be. And when you have this, the stresses that, that all staff, not just coaches, all staff in the industry have to put up with and, and deal with, that, that becomes real. And, um, you know, the AFL have, have to sit up and take some notice. There's just too many things happening now that would suggest this is OK. Yeah, there's talk that Adam Simpson is, is going to have a few months off at the end of the year. I'm, I think well-deserved because he, he's another coach who's under significant pressure. They're, give, they're giving real Fitzroy vibes, aren't they? Not that that's their journey, but the way they're playing. Yeah, and I mean, when you when you're in that position, you you can. You, I mean, I'm I'm assuming, and actually, no, I, I have seen this because I, when Brendan Bolton first come and, mm. and started coaching Carlton, he he wanted to do everything. He obviously was put in this position. We we're going through a rebuild at the time, and he wanted to. It wasn't his own fault. He was doing the right thing but mm. he was taking on too much yeah. and, and wanting to set the 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 slate clean in in every aspect of the footy club and yeah. and we weren't performing obviously through that period <laughs> either and yeah. and once the the season started and, and the losses started to build up like that just added to it as well and and he got burnt out no doubt in mm. that in that first season because he he was trying to trying to do the right thing by being the, the man and, and sorting every issue out that was happening mm. across the club, but it's just not sustainable. And, and uh, Adam Simpson's, there's no doubt he, over the last couple of years, obviously the, the win loss is one thing, but trying to, the extra hours you'd be putting into trying to work out why things aren't quite working. Mm. They've had their injury problems and, and we're going to hear an interesting audio clip from, from Mark Bickley yeah. in a second here. And, and it goes well and truly beyond coaching just at the footy club. You take it into your, your mm. private life, away from the club, and, and it affects you, not only yourself and your own well-being, but it, ref, it affects you, your relationships with your family and friends. Yeah, Mark Bickley did articulate that well as a sort of counterpoint to what Kane Corns was saying. The loneliness that's involved in coaching, and the, it's a very insular role. You don't, you, your circle of friends becomes really small. And the, I think I remember reading about a year or two ago from the Coaches Association, that 50% of all AFL coaches end up divorced whilst they're in that role of being an AFL coach. So it, it has a broad-ranging impact on, on your life. And the other thing to, to work out or to think about is to get to that position, you probably have to invest 10 years, I would say now, as an assistant coach, which is much less pay uh, much longer or, or as longer hours. And so there's a huge, you know, to, to say you get, oh, you're really well rewarded. Yes, you are when you get there, but there's only 18 jobs in Australia. Comparing that to doctors and, and, and business owners, there's hundreds and thousands of all of them. We understand doctors are life and death and all of that. And, and we're not saying that the consequences are the same. Yeah, it's a fascinating chat. We're actually going to dive into this a lot more deeper. Oh, have I lost my ability to talk now? That's Bryce? right, me and you, one all. 
<laughs> Jot that one down, producer Jace. Uh, we're going to dive into it a little more with John Barker, your old friend from Carlton, who's lived and breathed uh, the pressures of, of being a takeover senior coach and obviously an amazing assistant through his journey. But up next, Bryce, it's been a big week. It's question time. I've got a few questions for you I want to get your thoughts on, and uh, some of them could be bizarre, so stick around for that. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, so good to have your company. It's a lovely Saturday ahead, Bryce, with some scattered showers that are going to be increasing 90% chance, actually. So 16 degrees. The top is currently 20 minutes past nine. We are here in Studio Lumo SA at number one, King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And our friends at City Discount Tires, SUV tire deals on now. It's time for this. I said it's time for this. I asked the Prime Minister, if you are so confident about your view for fight back, why won't you call an early election? Yeah, yeah. 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 Mate, because I want to do you slowly. Could you see yourself becoming a politician, Bryce? Nope. Nope. Did you ever watch Question? I used to stay up and watch Question Time when I was a kid. Did you? No, I watched... Um... Talladega Nights oh, with no. Will Farrell. <laughs> uh, House of Cards. House of that's Cards. As, yeah, I didn't mind that series. That okay, right. is there, that's as close as I got to. Is there political politics? Those political motivations in that series? Uh, probably. <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs> okay, well we're just chucking films out there. <laughs> it's a TV series. Let, yeah, yeah. House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. TV. Yeah. Let us know what you're watching. Hey, uh, Succession. By the way, have you watched that? No, nah, I'm on uh, Yellowstone at the moment. Yellowstone. Yeah. I've heard that's good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. One season down. Okay, Succession is must watch. It's based around Rupert Murdoch's empire. Uh, yep. And uh, and other media moguls, but it is. I've never come across a show that's so funny and dark at the same time. Great watch. Uh, all the series is uh, out now. We're coming up to the final episode of Succession. But Rice, Bryce? Bryce. Rice Gibbs. <laughs> rice Gibbs. It's the question. Fried rice. <laughs> fried rice. You're just a bowl of fried. Are you a bowl of fried rice? Maybe. <laughs> I've got a few questions for you. Number one. If you could pick one guy you think would be the most suited to rich being Richmond's next senior coach, who would it be? Oh, um, look, I'm not sure to be honest, Tom, and I'm might come on sit on the fence on this one here, which we're not encouraged to do in uh, in the media. But give me a name. Well, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Andrew McQualter goes. To be honest, yeah, uh, we we know caretaker coaches can have quite a, an immediate impact mm. on on playing groups, and from all reports, he's well respected and and a really up and coming talent in in terms of coaching. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how he he bonds this group together mm. who haven't quite performed to to expectations either this year, Richmond. So. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. I mean, there's going to be a few more coaches become under more pressure as the year goes on Yeah. in terms of who will be available come the end of the year. So I don't know, Richmond, they need to sum up whether they want to go down a more of a, a senior path and, and go for a guy like a, a Ken Hinckley if he becomes available mm. or, a, you know, I mean, Stuart Jew might might come under the pump if, if the Gold Coast results continue to 
to not uh, reach the the levels thereafter. But I mean, I, I read something uh, the other day as yeah. well about senior coaches with experience that come back and take over again. Again, don't necessarily have success. There's only You're sort right. of one or two that have gone on to say win a flag. Yeah, as uh, far as flags are concerned. So the the, the trend has been a new up and coming. Yeah. Fresh, fresh new coach. So uh, it'll, that'll have to come into Richmond's thinking, no doubt, as well. Yeah, I think I saw it's a giant list of coaches uh, who, who are brand new coaches who are getting the flags. And Mick Malthouse was the only one who he won the flags at West Coast. And then he Collingwood, got yeah. a go at Collingwood and he'd done it. So Unfortunately, couldn't... Uh... And continue that on at Carlton. It, it, yeah, it didn't uh, go all the way for Carlton. <laughs> but, yeah, it's an inter- interesting whether they go with a younger coach or an experienced head. Uh, next question. Are Melbourne being oversold for the flag their flag chances? They've beaten the Bulldogs, the Swans, West Coast, Richmond, Hawthorne, Gold Coast, etc. while they struggle against the better teams like Port Adelaide and Essendon. Uh, no, nah, still very bullish. Still on, bullish? On Melbourne, absolutely. Yeah. And do you okay. know what? They play Carlton this week, so th- th- there'll be another win. That'll to, be a uh, huge challenge another, for them. So, I mean, they haven't played their best against some of the better sides, but do you know what? They're still sitting seven and three in the top four. Yep. That's all you need to do. You just need to grind the wins out, and as long as you're hitting your straps come the pointy end of the season, which they're certainly capable of doing, mm. when they're up and going, they're, they're one of the top – I've got them in the top two. Right. Still this yeah. year, uh, with Collingwood and and maybe Brisbane can can be in that that conversation as well. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that they'll be fine. Yeah, in their loss, saying their loss to Port, they played still very well. Uh, what do you think Harry Schoenberg needs to do to become a full time mid at AFL level? He's sort of floundering a little bit from where I thought he'd be. Yeah, good question. And this is one we might Marco ask Bello. Marco Bello after ten o'clock. Yeah, mm. uh, Adelaide. Head of development down there, but Harry Schomburg, yeah, I mean, well, he's too good for the Sandful. Every time he plays in the Sandful, yeah. he's touching the ball lights, playing really well, constantly in the best players. He just can't quite, once he does break back into the side, he just is not playing well enough to hold his spot, is he? But mm. he's not the biggest player. What what he does have is leg speed, which, which is an advantage to him. We obviously want to see that more, but I think with his size and shape and, and the role he plays... He just can't afford to to make mistakes. He needs to make every possession count. And yeah. I heard Lockie Neal in a in an interview. I'm not sure whether it was a milestone game or, or he was mm. on a podcast. Or and he said the sort of player he was. He was tiny. He didn't really have any any attributes that stood out. So he yeah. knew that he had to just be as clean as possible every time he got the ball. He needed to make the most of that disposal. Yeah. And He's gone away and done that, and he becomes one of the, the premier midfielders in the competition. I think mm. Harry Schomburg needs to do that, but he is at the advantage of, of having genuine leg speed, which not a, a lot of players have. So I think he just needs to make the most of every possession he gets, make sure they're hitting targets, using his legs to break lines, and, and just having a little bit more impact in games because the talent's there. There's yeah. no doubt about that. He, and he's shown it in AFL games in the past that, that he's quite capable at the level uh, he's still young, still maybe trying to work it all out, but he just needs to to make sure he's having as uh, making the most of his touches and, and having impact with it. Yeah, him. he's at his best when he hits the ball at speed. Uh, that makes him stand out quite well. Uh, next question: 
If you could choose any destination, winter's coming up, Bryce, so it's getting cold. We start to fantasise about warmer places. If you could choose any destination in the world to travel this winter, where would it be and why? Well, being, it'd have to be the European summer, wouldn't it? I mean, oh, yeah. obviously playing playing football since 17, not being able to travel through the winter has been something I haven't been able to do. But mm. you're right, it's that time of the year you start seeing people, your friends who are travelling yeah, and doing it nicely overseas. And the sale of Croatia was okay. one that uh, I would have loved to do. Yeah. So if I was to jump on a plane and head abroad <laughs> tomorrow, yeah. I'd probably head Croatia. to the Greek islands yeah. and do, do that and then head to Croatia and do a, a sale of Croatia. Very nice. Final question. Bryce, if you could be now, I don't believe in this whatsoever, but if you could be reincarnated as any animal, whatever animal you choose. Have you asked me this before? No, never. A spirit animal, maybe? I feel like oh, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to uh, get Jason to go to the tape on that one, but uh, stop ruining my question. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you could be reincarnated as any animal, your choice, when you come back to live another life, which animal Panda would it be? Bear. Panda bear. Yeah. And why is that? Just have a look at them. Have you, have you <laughs> seen Wang Wang and Fumi <laughs> down at the Adelaide Zoo Yeah, lately? yeah. I mean. Mate, what a life. Yeah, they get to chill, don't they? What a life. They do nothing all day. Low, low libido, though, as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a well, story checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, Panda Bear. I would have thought you'd be more of a, a dugong. Have you, have you seen dugongs? They're kind of like the cows of the sea. Oh, okay. <laughs> just chill are, are vibe. Talking about what my physical appearance at the moment? A no, no, cow, just a, a cow of the sea. Yeah, just the, no, just your energy, the, the nice, relaxed energy that you've got. YouTube panda bears in the break yeah. and okay. get back to me. Oh, there's nothing more therapeutic than watching a panda eat a carrot. Have you seen that? They yeah. just, they're in the moment. They just do dumb <laughs> shit all the time. <laughs> uh, they slide down those rocks at the zoo. I've seen that before as well. Hey, we've got to get to a break, Bryce. It's 29 minutes past nine. We'll be back very shortly. John Barker coming up very soon. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lowe. Oh, yes. So good to be with you this morning. Hey, we've got a big conversation coming up next with former Carlton assistant coach and uh, he's, he's been around the block, actually, John Barker. One of my favourites. Yeah. One of my favourite coaches, John Barker. Had really good relationships with the players. And yeah. Yeah, was uh, a very good coach for a long time. Yes, so we're going to discuss the whole coaching landscape and the pressure that they're under with John Barker up next. Uh, if you've got something you want us to ask him, 0427154166 is the number to let us know. But we've got to get to the news right now. It's 9.34. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Good morning. So good to have your company this morning. Well, Bryce, it's fair to say senior coaches are under more pressure right now than any other time through history, hence why we're seeing a lot of that burnout happening and and guys leaving the job. So who better to give us an insight 
on all of this, on what it's like to manage a team in 2023 than an actual coach. Uh, John Barker, he's been an assistant, was an assistant at Carlton for a long period of time, amongst others, uh, been a caretaker coach as well. John, have we got you there? Morning, gents. I'm here. Good morning, Johnny B. And surprised that you're breathing this morning because <laughs> I heard you found yourself in a bit of hot water during John, the I week. I know where this is going. I know. You know exactly where this is going. You find, you nearly found yourself picking a fight with uh, the current heavyweight champion of the world. What was going on there, John? Uh, look, I, I think I've been dealt a, dealt a bit of a raw blow here. I... I uh, I, was, I went along with uh, a couple of Fox Hoodie boys from the bounce, um, Jason Dunsell and, and Benny Dixon, and uh, we were sitting ringside because I was, they were there um, trying to support Big Cam Mooney, who unfortunately didn't get the um, get the nod on the night. But I went to get some beers, and when I came back, um, my seat had been filled by Tyson Fury. <laughs> so <laughs> what? I, uh, I uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised, but I. I proceeded to tell him to push off, and um, <laughs> he wasn't having it. He wasn't having any of that. He just eyeballed me, and then I thought, "Well, I'll offer you. I'll, I'll offer him a beer." So I offered him a beer. <laughs> he didn't want that either. So I quickly went and found myself another seat. Unfortunately. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey, um, John, you were at Carlton for about eleven years, and you left. I think it was in twenty twenty one. What have you been doing with yourself since that point? Well, I, I work um, with the Johns Lynn Group at, a, at one of their businesses called RestoreX. And in fact, uh, me and a business partner run their business runs in South Australia as well. We've got an awesome right. operator there, Jared Raymond, who sort of runs the business there. We do basically um, water restoration, fire restoration on the on behalf of insurance companies. So it's been good. It's been really good. Been working hard during the week, but, you know, getting a bit of a breather on the weekends um, and that recharge. Um, is significant when you come out of footy. You, you sort of get get a bit of an understanding of how most people live. Do you miss it, John? Do you miss the coaching space? I mean, we're, we've seen a lot of commentary around in the last couple of weeks with the pressures that, that coaches face these days. Is it something that you miss? Uh, look, I miss certain aspects, but I, I, one thing I can categorically guarantee is I will never coach again. Um, yeah, she's a there's, there's bits that you really love, and it's the, the coaching and the, and the interaction with the players, and you know, um, give a, you know, I, I love that connection piece and um, the ability to um, extract um, high performance out of out of individuals. There's a real buzz that comes with that. Uh, so I do miss elements of it, but uh, in the overall scheme of things, I, I, it's just not a job that um, I would want to ever do again. And what's what's the main reason for that? I mean, there's a big conversation around burnout and the effect lowering that soft cap has had on all footy clubs. You know, spreading spreading the load a lot more, uh, a bigger workload for the assistants. What's sort of your reasoning behind behind not wanting to do it again? Well, I think I think you'll find it continues to happen if they don't uh, work out the best way to balance. Um, the actual lifestyle of a coach. Mm. Um, the, the soft cap is, is is one of the variables. I think there's a few variables that are at play. One is when you when you reduce a soft cap, obviously you reduce the money that's involved. And if you want good people, you have to pay for good people. It's just 
it's as simple as that. So the smarter people are going to go and um, go into fields that yeah they love and want to do, but they're going to go into fields that that earn more and and so they can look after their families you know to a better extent. Um, the time that's allocated towards coaching is significant, and once the soft cap reduced and there was less numbers, it meant that there was probably a, a bigger workload as you talked about and. You know, when you're coaching, your weekend will be, you, you're playing on a Saturday, you, you probably have a, a sponsorship function on a Saturday night. You um, On on a Sunday, you'll go and watch your reserves play, possibly, which is three hours. You, you'll do six, seven hours of editing. Uh, there's 10 hours. And, and, you know, there's some Sunday nights where, you you know, I'd be writing reports at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, and then you kick off mm. again on a Monday. And, and it's, um, from a time perspective, you, you lose that with, your family and um, there's there's, a, there's an energy factor too that comes with that how much energy you can give your, your family when you um, consume like that and, and it is an all consuming job um, so I've found the time I've got with my family has just been unbelievable with my young kids and mm. since I've uh, since I've pulled a pin and the other aspect which which is is a pretty key variable too is the scrutiny that the just if you lose games of footy the the drama around you being a really poor coach or a really poor outfit versus if you win games of footy and and it and it changes in within a couple of weeks or a month um you could be a good football <laughs> football team for four weeks and then you lose a couple and all of a sudden you, you know you're the worst coach in australia and so the 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 roller coaster of the scrutiny is significant too, and it's it's not necessarily just on the coaches um, and how they feel about that scrutiny. A lot of it's about their families, and when they see that their families feel a lot of that, that's what affects the coaches a fair bit, I think. So there's some big variables there. That, you know, there's, there's the time and the energy, there's the, the scrutiny, and then and then there's the um, you know the the value that's placed on you from a commercial aspect in terms of what you can earn as a coach and. Um, there's a few pretty significant negatives <laughs> that are starting to starting to get worse mm. uh, on, on all fronts, I think, and that's why you're starting to see some coaches starting to pull out, pull away, and and look to do things that are that are a little bit better from a balanced point of view and from a financial point of view. Yeah, spot on, John. Uh, fascinating insight there to our listeners. Um, I want to ask you about Andrew <coughs> McWalter. He finds himself taking over the reins at Richmond uh, and you found yourself in a, in a similar position at Carlton when, when Mick Mouldhouse was uh, given the push on. Um, what would he be feeling? Would he be looking to, obviously he wants to, he has aspirations of being a senior coach. He'd be wanting to put his best foot forward. Um, from your experiences, what did you look to do? I mean, did you look to change too much? I mean, from memory, you you, you, continue, you, you said you, you love the, the relationships with your players and you certainly lent on that. And um, what would he be looking to do for the for the rest of the, the season at Richmond? Well, look, there's no doubt he's going to want to put his best foot forward and he's a, he's a, he's a super coach, Mini. Um, I've had a little bit to do with him over the years. I, I think one of the things, and you probably remember, uh, that I thought was important was I, I got all the senior players together and I just asked them what they wanted their football um, team to represent and what that looked like. And I wanted some real buy-in as to the way they wanted to go about it. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I know I probably had these conversations with you over the journey, mate, that 
when players actually truly own a, a style of football and, and own a set of values in terms of what they want to represent, then they're much more likely to be able to execute that when they've got some skin in it. So um, it was about just getting all of the senior players um, on board as to the way we all wanted to play and all of us having input. And then it was about me keeping them accountable to, to that. Now, unfortunately, um, we, we look, we started playing some good footy, but then we started losing some good players like your good self, mate. I think you tore a peck and then you got three weeks for a for a tackle and Juddy did his ACL and we just started <laughs> dropping like flies. I think I pressed the accelerator a bit on the aggressive ball movement, maybe. <laughs> um, but I think I think many will, will put his own stamp on it, but I don't think you want to change it too much because it's... It's not easy um, changing too many game-style levers within season without having some good time to train it and and have the boys embrace it. <clears throat> so, John, the, the, the evidence is clear now that and mental health is being spoken about a lot more openly now, um, that coaches are experiencing burnout and sort of anxiety levels with the scrutiny that they're under. I, from my knowledge, that they do have a psych that they can check in with regularly if, if they choose to do so. But blue sky thinking here, what would, if you were in charge of the AFL, what would you change to make uh, a more conducive environment for them to work in, like around support and soft care? What, what would you change if you could do anything? Well, I, I think you've got to increase the soft cap significantly because if you want good people, um, you need to actually invest in good people. So, and 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 increase it so that they can increase the numbers. And I know there's you know there's some people that don't like too many coaches being around, but your number one assets are your players, and the ability to provide them with support is is really important if you want good outcomes. And as you said, you know mental health is a is a significant issue in in the current day, just in general life, but. It also is with footballers, and there, you know there's different reasons for that. But even if it's increasing the cap and taking the welfare component, so having your welfare officers and your um, and your psychs outside of the soft cap, if you don't want to increase the coaching cap, so I think mm. that'd be really important. Um, and and I think you, you almost need to give coaches two clear days off a week, whether, whether that be this. Sunday or and a, and a Wednesday, like a midweek, whatever it might be, that the alternate day to when you play on on the weekend, and then and then maybe one during the week, and and mandate it from an AFL point of view. Um, it's it, they're not easy to do. Give as you know, being in, inside those programs, they're not easy to do. And but um, and you'll find coaches are still going to open the laptop and and um, have a squizzed opposition they might be playing or run through some training, but. Um, they need to they need to find a, a better way to create some balance for coaches, no doubt. Fascinating insight there, John. Thank you so much for joining us. John Barker, uh, hopefully you're able to recover from that incident with uh, – was it Tyson Fury or Tommy Fury? Uh, it was Tyson Fury. Tommy, yeah. I reckon it might have been half a chance against Tommy, but not Tyson. Um, He's but, gigantic. Uh, funny thing – Mate, as a, as a as a husband, you you work out pretty quick what your deficiencies are because you get told all the time. And um, my wife uh, this morning, I, I forgot to tell her that happened, and it was in the Herald Sun this morning, and 
Right. And uh, she didn't even ask about the incident. She just said, how come I'm learning about your life in the old sun? And, uh, which is just normal when you're married. You just get clipped from um, the start of the start of the day to the end. So, yeah. anyway, we'll keep moving on. Well, that's a shared experience from uh, all husbands, I, I dare say, John. Uh, thank you so oh, much for, so. for joining us, mate. Have a great day, boys. Thanks for having me. John Barker right there giving us his uh, very nice insight around the coaching landscape and the mental health problems that they're struggling with right now. Bryce, Bryce, uh, we got a sports update right next. We're going to bring in our producer, JC. He's going to help us out there. There's plenty of things going on outside of football, so we're going to touch on that uh, along with some of our tips for the rest of the round. It's currently 10 minutes to 10 o'clock. After 10 o'clock, Marco Bello, Adelaide's development coach. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Well, this Saturday scoreboard... Yes, we thought we'd invite producer Jace in this morning. He's been uh, in a bit of a tussle out the back. What were you doing just then, Jace? Someone on the phone? There was a, a gentleman caller, Tim from North Haven, sending a shout-out to Tim from North Haven. Uh, he phoned in just basically to have a pot shot at Bryce Gibbs. Hang on, what? Yeah. Does he know Bryce? There's been a bit of that lately. Having What's a going pot on? shot. Yeah, he, uh, he wanted to have a crack at you about your um, pathetic... Premier League side, Liverpool, who are going to miss out on playing in the Champions League on the back of his team, Liverpool. So he's sending out a missing persons call for you, apparently. Turn it up. A missing persons missing call. Person. I was going to say, he hasn't been listening yeah, much, yeah, yeah. Tim. Come on. So You're it'd right be here. one of my Manchester United mates referring to Liverpool not yeah. playing in the Champions League next year because they finished fifth and will be playing in the Europa League instead. Geez, they've got a short memory, these Manchester United <laughs> fans. It was only last year they were playing in the Europa uh, League themselves. Well, uh, I can't fans. say too much because uh, my guys, and that's where we're going to start actually okay. with the Premier League. Um, I mean, Manchester City are going to win the title. We know that. They already have. But my guys, we're looking down the bottom end of the ladder now. Oh, boy, I've got a nervous way to head. Leeds. Going to get relegated, I think, boys, alongside mm. Leicester. Everton will probably survive. They're the three that are yep. playing off for one spot in next year's Premier League competition. Everton will probably be the ones, but if they slip up, then it's perhaps Leeds or Leicester that could maybe save their own skins. Either way, going to lose a club out of the Premier League next year or two clubs with pretty proud histories. Well, Everton play, play Bournemouth, mm. who aren't going that well either. Uh, so you'd think they would get it done. A draw would, would get it enough to, to see them survive. Jace, Leicester play at West Ham. So the Hammers, they can throw up anything on the day. So And I don't know who Leeds play. I don't care either. Uh, <laughs> Leeds just, play Tottenham. Just go, go back to Division 2 or 3 or whatever and... I'll forget I have a barrack for you. Uh, let's talk about yep. a team that I am barracking hard for, though, the Boston uh, Celtics. Celtics. Yes. Now, they're coming or they're vying or attempting to come back from 3-0 down in the NBA conference playoffs. Uh, of course, they went 3-0 down against Miami. A lot of people are tipping them to be able to do it. They've got it back to 3-2. Gibbsy, can they do it? Well, they'll be breaking history. If they do it, no team has ever come from 3-0 down in a conference mm. Zero for 150. Before, but right. two on the trot. 
their tails are up. And yeah. of course, they have the team to do it. They so do. They do. There's no but doubt about that. Still, this is the, the obviously the tough one. They head back to Miami mm. to to face a Heat side that uh, have been a little bit average in the last two games, but still very good on their day. Jimmy Buckets Butler leaves it all out there. He'll have mm. a big say in it. Don't worry. He will. And if he gets going in Game Six, it's going to be tough to toss. But whilst it may not have happened in the NBA before, a Boston team has done this in the past. And that's what okay. they're referring to over there in New England at the moment, The uh, around Massachusetts. They're all looking back to the 2004 Boston Red Sox, who right. came from 3-0 down in the MLB to knock out the Yankees at the same stage. They went on an eight-game run, which saw them win the World Series. So mm. they're thinking the Celtics might be able to do the same thing. But to be honest, I think they're all playing for second. Denver will win the whole thing. Well, I think Boston can beat Denver if they get through. Mm-hmm. I think they they can match up well against them, but they still need to win two more games. So they do. They do. I think, or whoever wins this next game obviously goes through, I think. And wh- when the, does this next game happen? Tomorrow, Yeah, I reckon. Okay. Yep. Uh, Sunday morning, our time, 10 o'clock start, I believe. Okay. Uh, Jace, news has just come through that Britney Spears has rekindled her relationship with her mother. So, um, oh, that's great news. That's that's good to hear. Is so that breaking th- news? That's breaking. It just came up there. So uh, they hadn't spoken for three years, but uh, she's arrived at her doorstep and, and that's uh, been rekindled. So that's good to hear, isn't it? Thank you very much, Tom. Um, <laughs> if you really wanted to get rid of me, you could have just gotten rid of me. Uh, before I go, yes, sample yes. update you very got? quickly. Yeah, yep. Uh, the Crows had a win last night. I'm not supposed to call them the Crows when we talk Sanfalo. We were supposed to call them Adelaide. Adelaide. 8-12-60, defeating Norwood. 5-6-36 in a, well, fairly uninspiring affair. Today's games, West Adelaide, Woodville, West Torrens. That's almost match of the round stuff down there mm. in Hisense. Central Districts, Glenelg. North Adelaide, Port Adelaide. And South Adelaide, your boys, at home to the latter leaders. Stuart, are they a chance, Bryce? Yeah, we are a chance, surely. Surely. No Patrick Wilson for the double blues, which will certainly help, but... Uh, we need a win. We've lost four on the trot and no Jeez. better way to get back on the horse and about winning. win against the undefeated Double Blues. How far How far are you off, Bryce, from uh, making so, I'm planning to be back against Adelaide after the bye in about three or four weeks. Okay. Look forward to that. Before I go yes. to, got to mention the Sanford W Finals because the girls are yes. flying at Panther Park or uh, well, it's not Panther Park anymore. It's Fuller's no. University Stadium. Uh, South Adelaide will host Central District Midday Start at Flinders University Stadium on Sunday, and that will be followed by the elimination final, Nord versus Sturt at 2.10pm. I'll get back to where I belong, boys. Beautiful work, producer Jace. Always coming through with the goods right there. But we've got to get to the news because up next, Bryce, Marco Bello, Adelaide's development coach, is going to talk to us all things young players and how they're all tracking the ones who are inside and outside the side. That's up next just after the news. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yeah, coming to you from Studio Lumo SA, number one King William Street and powered by Lumo Energy SA. And our friends at City Discount Tyres, SUV tyre deals are on now. Bryce, Adelaide's young players have really started to pop this year. They've... uh, Jumping out, Josh Rochelle and Riley Philthorpe in the, in the uh, AFL team. And there's some young players that I'm fascinated by, though, who are in the sample. And a man 
who is uh, responsible for them, head of development, Marco Bello. Marco, uh, have we got you there? How you doing, Tom? I'd, I'd love to take all the credit for it, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's lovely to see at the moment these young kids, uh, yeah, hopefully fulfilling their dreams and, and becoming AFL stars. Fantastic, Marco. Just for our listeners out there who may not fully know, can you explain your role? What what it all entails for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. Look, predominantly we work with, uh, as you touched on, the younger guys, one to four year players, and and really help fast-track their development, that being on field, off field, um, making sure they have the, the right habits. So we hold extra sessions with them um, throughout the week. We um, really go through with a fine-tooth comb about you know, what their preparation looks like, what their post-game recovery looks like. Um, you know, we set them up with, with a peer and um, ensure that they um, pick their brains as much as possible and... And really, just being uh, you know, an extra coach to hold their hand through some of the difficult stages, you know, the first couple of years, really, just trying to learn um, what's what and who's who, and um, try and help navigate them through that. Someone who uh, interests me, one of my favourites, when he jumped onto the scene, Harry Schoenberg. He uh, looked like his trajectory was simply going to be a midfield star. It feels like from the outside looking in that he's stagnated a little bit as far as the AFL uh, journey is going. What is Harry working on to sort of break back into that AFL side? Yeah, he'd be the first to admit that. He's he's obviously frustrated with it at the moment. But what we do know with development is the trajectory is not just linear. It's not an upwards trend the whole time. So, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's AFL sides now that are, you know, thinking about what Harry might, um, what attributes he brings and how to control that. So, He's coming up against sides that will try and um, stop that. So for him, he's working on, as you touched on, he's got that burst of speed. He's got the ability to win the footy. Um, it's now just composing himself once he does that and being able to pick the right targets and, and ensure that um, you know that every position that he does have is has got value on it. So um, what I love about Harry, though, is he's the first in you know, to watch his review tapes. He's the first out on the track to, to work on these things. So... Um, no doubt we'll see him um, in the back half of the year back to his uh, good self. Uh, and Marco, how do you manage some of the, the expectations with these young guys? We're we obviously, obviously seeing that the Sandful side having a, another strong year and a lot of these young guys are, are actually playing pretty good footy and, and stringing consistent games together and, and not getting an opportunity at senior level. I mean, it, it is hard when your, your senior side is playing good footy and, and that's what you want. You want... Um, guys to fight for spots, but how do you manage their, their expectations and, and keep them on task just to keep grinding out good performance after good performance? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's probably one of the biggest ones, Bryce, when, when the two sides are playing really good football and then individuals on top of that are playing really good football. Um, it, it's about storytelling, really. So, again, getting guys who have been in that space before, um, understanding that, um, again, it's not about um, you know where you are now. It's it's where you want to be in in their case, you know, as soon as possible. But you know, we look at the the long term, and we we envisage them you know playing consistent football at senior level, and then holding their spot, not just going in for one or two if they're not ready, and then having to pop back out again. And 
it's hard to hear from you know, us as coaches. So that's why we get the players involved and we just get the storytelling of it, you know, a, a Ben Keys and a um mm. you know, a Josh Warrell who's now starting to come through and probably took a couple of years before he um was able to hit his straps and um so really just you know, even a guy like Sloan who, who played some Resi's footy early on and you know, going back that far and, and just ensuring that they know that it's not where it is right here and right now, but where it will be um, in the short-term future. That is good. I've always wondered about that. If you uh, go and get examples of other players who have had those exact trajectory, uh, similar trajectories in and out of the side and, and uh, the feel-good stories to show that it can happen for them. So that's great. One you touched on there, Josh Worrell. He looks like he's just got so much potential in his uh, marking ability and versatility. What do you reckon his role will be on Sunday uh, against Brisbane? Uh, look, again, his ability to play you know, tall and smooth. Um, he's actually quite quick for a, for a 193 odd. He's you know, quite agile. Um, but he does, like you said, he does back himself in to go mark the footy. So... Um, you know, whoever he lines up on it, if it is one of the tools, you know, we back Josh in to, to win or halve that contest. And then what he's been able to also work on over the last couple of years is once the ball hits the ground is to, you know, really uh, beeline the footy and, and get on it and be the first onto it and then and then use it accordingly. So his, his growth, not only physically but mentally, has been profound and, and, and no doubt once he comes back in, he'll, he'll be able to hold his spot and really cement that spot for for hopefully the remainder of the year and, as we say, you know, for the future. Moving on to tomorrow's game, uh, it's going to be a great contest, I think. What are the big ticket items? I mean, uh, the Crows seem to be a different side playing at home on Adelaide Oval and, and we know Brisbane are, are in top form and there's been a lot of talk around potential finals this year and, and to, to make it, I think the Crows need to, to win some of these games against some of these good sides. Uh, where do you think it'll be won and lost uh, tomorrow? Yeah, no surprise. You know, the, the midfield battle will, will be a strongly strong one. Um, they've got some depth through there. You know, they, they bat six, seven, eight deep really through that uh, part of the ground and then you know, there's no surprise when they get it inside the forward line. They now need to think about, you know, four or six other players who can really hit the scoreboard. So, um, you know, big uh, big Robin and big O, that, that'll be a battle in itself and, and it can get service to their, to their mids. But then their ability to get it from inside to outside, who can do that the best um, to ensure that we're playing, you know, forward half football. This is, again, both sides would would be paramount for, for either side getting the win on the weekend. So, yeah, we, we need to start um, showing that more consistently. You know, the Dogs last week, we, we certainly didn't bring that. Um, and for some reason, we, we seem to bring it when we're at home in front of the big crowd. So hopefully there, there'll be a, a big contingent of Crow supporters out there who can, you know, support us and, and cheer loud and, and get us over the line. Yep, I certainly agree with you there. And just on a lighter note, um, can you tell us about uh, your hairstyle and how often you, you get to the hairdresser? I've heard... Uh, a few boys and, and other coaches at the club are very envious of uh, your locks, mates. Uh, and there's word around you're getting to the to the hairdresser maybe once a week, once every 10 days. Is, can we confirm this? Bryce, don't go there. Come on. You've got the best hairstyle going around. You're the one keeping it from you. No, look, <laughs> it's been one that's, uh, yeah, I do enjoy getting the haircut and just relaxing. It's a bit of me time. 
more so yeah. than the hairstyle. And, and nowadays it's about getting rid of the greys. So, um, yeah, as often as I can get rid of those things, I'm, I'm more than happy. There's nothing like a massage, a head massage from a hairdresser. <laughs> it's, it's kind of just... Uh, takes you away from reality. A good escape, I say, Marco. Hey, um, thanks so much for joining us this morning and giving uh, some of your insight on these younger guys. Uh, pleasure, Tom. Thanks, Bryce. Thanks for the chat. Adelaide Crows Head of Development, Marco Bello, right there. Uh, Bryce, we've got to get to a break because it's time for us to preview uh, Adelaide's game against Brisbane and, of course, Port Adelaide's up against Richmond. So we've got a lot to get through there. It's currently 12 minutes past 10. City Discount Tyres. Buy three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, it's a lovely morning shaping up right now. A bit of sun peeking through those clouds. Top of 16 degrees today. Some showers to come in the afternoon. Bryce, big game ahead for Adelaide up against Brisbane. It's been touted as the match of the round. Uh, What I like is Josh Worrell's inclusion into the side. I think that gives... Tom Dode, the chance to do what he does best and peel off, uh, take some intercept marks while Worrell, uh, Butts and Murray can take care of Danaher, Hipwood and Gunston. Is this touted uh, match of the round it's in been, your books, is it? Or is it no, no, the I wider didn't, community? The wider community. Okay. This is uh, objectively being touted as match of the round. I know. I think it will be a very good game. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm certainly in agreement there. But, yeah, <laughs> some great ins for the Crows. Yeah. They just shore up both ends in yeah. Dude and Worrell, and then you get Taylor Walker and Riley Thilthorpe back at yeah. the other end as well just to, just to straighten them up. So, yeah, I mean, Marco Bell already touched on it. It's going to be a cracking midfield battle. Both yes. both teams uh, are going very well in and around the stoppages this year. So looking forward to seeing how that played out. And, and the Crows are, are just a different beast at Adelaide Oval. And Brisbane mm-hmm. are going to have to be on their game. This isn't going to be an easy an easy game, even though the Crows have lost three of the last four, I think, uh, and uh, are a little bit off. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, as I said, different different game when they're playing here. Absolutely. He is Pretty much the two best forward lines going toe-to-toe. We've got Rankin and Cameron uh, at the other end as the small forwards. They're pr- going to light it up. Uh, which forward line do you reckon is better? It's a pretty close, uh, pretty evenly matched section of the ground. Yeah, it is. In, in terms of if you're, you're comparing apples to apples in, in terms of the big couple of big uh, tall key forwards, mm. and then you've got quality at ground level if the ball hits the deck. So, I mean, for both sides. Yeah. So it is it is actually hard to split them. And, and that's why the midfield battle is going to be so important because yeah. whoever can supply their forwards with, with more ball, mm. they'll obviously have more opportunity to score. It's, an, yeah. it's pretty Adel- common sense there. But, um, yeah, both, both forward lines are very potent. Adelaide's efficiency inside 50, just a bit better, though, than Brisbane's there at 73%, uh, Brizzy at 70%. Uh, one thing I I was thinking about is Ned McHenry seems to be the ultimate sub player. Like, it looks like they're going to have him as a sub again, and he got, last time it was 13 possessions, I think, within a quarter. He reminds me of this little attack dog. He's, he's this little bulldog that comes out and made me think of uh, the when Matthew Nix sends him out, I feel like he's probably saying something official like activate the sub. But I think when he releases Ned this weekend, he needs to say, 
Release the hound, just like Mr Burns used to say. Release the hounds. Well, neighbour, I see you've got your running shoes on. That's a good thing. But can you imagine if... Uh, so his communication is simply release the hound, Bryce. Who let the dogs out? Who let the... Who let the dogs out, exactly? Who let Ned McHenry out? <laughs> but no, he has been fantastic. And he's been, you know, just waiting for his opportunity to cement his side, uh, spot yeah. in this side. We know how stacked the small forward line is at the Crows at the moment. Rankin, Rochelle, Pedler, etc. So he's playing the role perfectly and mm. coming on with a lot of energy. Um, he's obviously an endurance beast, runs all day, but his pressure has been elite. So... Uh, coming on when the game slowed down a little bit, it's only going to give him more advantage to to nail that role. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where his future lies. In that he he would obviously be a little frustrated that he's not in the full time team, and I don't think he would want it for himself to be uh, known as the super sub. So um, you know there might be a couple of other sides, Victorian sides, are just keeping an eye on that situation with Ned McHenry. But moving on to the Richmond v Port game, Bryce. How do you see this one playing out? Well, Port's run and gun style is uh, a little different to Richmond's game plan. Yeah, I think this is going to be another another cracking game. Uh, I spoke about earlier before how will Richmond handle what's happened during the week. Obviously, their beloved Dimmer Hardwick mm. stepped away. Andrew McQualter steps in. How much is he going to change? How are the, the Richmond players going to respond? Obviously, playing at home at the MCG will help. Uh, but Port, you can't you can't take away their form. Mm. Seven, I think, on the trot, Tom. Yep. They haven't lost since that showdown here in round uh, three, I think it was. And, and they're just in great form. They're just getting yeah. it done. Looks like Darcy Byrne-Jones has been placed back where he belongs in the back pocket. I, I like that move. I mean, it was a good experiment. He can show that he's he can play forward and back now, which is great. But as we always say, Bryce, the midfield battle – is an intriguing one. We've got Butters, Rosie Wines, Jason Horn Francis against Taranto Hopper, uh, Shy Bolton, and, and Dusty. So this is another cracking midfield matchup. Yeah, I think Port's just got a, got them covered in terms of leg speed through the midfield. Uh, yeah, uh, okay. Hopper, Taranto, they're not blessed with amazing speed. Uh, Bolton's got a bit of bit of toe. Dusty, Dusty isn't as quick as he he once was. So I think. Port can, if they can get their hands on the ball around the stoppages, mm. which they're obviously quite capable of, uh, the zippiness of Rosie, Horn Francis and uh, and Butters, who's in uh, all Australian form, uh, can really get a hold of them uh, in and around zipping out of the stoppages. Yeah, it'll be uh, great to see how Ollie Lord goes on, on the big G. He is uh, showing a lot of promise, young Ollie Lord. So they've they've got some key position talent just waiting in the wings there. Of course, once uh, Charlie Dixon is healthy again, he'll be back into the side. But Bryce, uh, who, who's your pick for this one? I, I just have to go with Port Adelaide, just on yeah. current form. Uh, I think Richmond are going to be quite emotional leading into this game. Yeah. Uh, whether that has an effect on them or not, we'll, we'll soon find out. But if they do get caught up in the emotions of the week and don't come ready to play and, and are slightly off, there, when you play a good side like Port Adelaide, you can get found out pretty quickly. So, I mean, I do think Richmond have the capabilities to win this game, but I'm going on Port's form and I think they'll be too strong tomorrow. Yep. Good choice. Good choice of teams, Bryce. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tom.
Um, well, you can hear all of the action on SEN on Crows Nation, Power Nation, uh, on the SEN app. 12.40 tomorrow, that game is Bryce Gibbs. Crunch time is coming up after us with Jared Waitley, Sam Edmund, David King and Mark McClure. So we need to get to a break and we'll be back to wrap things up with our tips of the round after this. Three, get one free on the popular Falcon Zeke CT60 SUV tyre. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, yeah, thanks for joining us today. It's been fun. Bryce, quick fire tips. We've got about 40 seconds to get through them. So uh, St Kilda v Hawks. Uh, St Kilda. Melbourne v, or Nam v Walyup, which is Fremantle. Uh, Melbourne. Fair enough. Uh, Geelong v Giants. Geelong. Suns v Bulldogs. The Bulldogs. Oh, now, this is a tricky one. Uh, West Coast v Essendon. Uh, Essendon. Uh, uh, Richmond v Port. You did that one. Collingwood v uh, North Melbourne. For us. Uh, Collingwood. Collingwood. Shout oh. out to Steel Sidebottom. <laughs> yeah, 300, 300 games. games. Amazing career. Finally, Adelaide v Brisbane. I'm going to tip Brisbane in a very, very close one. Maybe under a goal. Very nice. Bryce, have a lovely day. What's on for the rest of your day? You're, you've been left one out, haven't you? At to uh, Flinders University Stadium for uh, the Panthers v top of the table Sturt. Very nice. Have a lovely weekend and good luck to your side this weekend wherever you are. Uh, enjoy yourself. It's been nice. Up next is Jared Waitley with Crunch Time and his friends.